This talk was recorded by Campus Outreach Minneapolis, the college ministry of Bethlehem Baptist Church, as part of the 2022 Summer Training Project. For more information on Summer Training Project or Campus Outreach Minneapolis, visit cominneapolis.org. Um, so one thing I want to do tonight is, obviously you guys just saw Rihanna, you met her last night, most of you probably know her already, but I also want to introduce my family. Um, one, one really fun thing about Summer Training Project is a lot of our staff have kids, and you'll see them running around, you can play with them, they're great. But I thought I'd just show you a picture of my two boys. So obviously that's Ariana, and then there's Edwin, who's three, and Calvin, who's one. Um, you can go to the next picture. Calvin, Edwin loves donuts. That's a gluten. Oh, that's a vegan donut. So he can't have dairy or egg. So poor kid. Can't have anything that's really good. Um, that place, the only place in Minneapolis, really has that. And that's Calvin. Edwin is three and great and scared of life. Um, Calvin is one and not scared of life at all. He's also great. Um, but those are my boys. I love them. Um, so. I think like Brittany and Dayton said, this is theme night. Um, and so tonight I want to talk about really who God is and his holiness. Um, and then next week, Mike from Louisville, no, Mike from St. Louis, my bad, we'll talk um, about sin. And the week after that, Logan from Louisville will talk about justification. Um, and so tonight's title, if you want to write this down, it is Christ the Ultimate Exile. So my hope is that your view of God would grow, um, that your view of his holiness would grow, and that you ultimately see him as more incredible. Um, but I just, I mean, even before that, though, I think the way we view God is impacted by so many things, um, especially in our past. The way I viewed God was massively influenced by uh, my upbringing and my relationship with my dad. Um, I viewed God as absent, um, that he doesn't care, partially because my dad wasn't around and he didn't care. So I project how my dad was to me onto, onto God. And so when you guys think about who God is, how do you feel about him? What do you think? I'd love for you guys to take a couple minutes, maybe one minute, to write down two words that describe who God is in your eyes. So if you have your notebook, I'd love for you guys to take a minute to describe who God is in your, in your eyes. Use two words. So it could be, um, I don't want just the right theological answer, but how do you really feel about him? Is he distant? Is he absent? Um, do you feel like he doesn't care? Is he just maybe your friend? Do you feel scared? Is he just a rule giver? Um, is he not good? Yeah, take a little time, write those down. God is, and I first want to go to a passage in the Old Testament, there's so many passages in the Old Testament that can describe who he is, but I just want to look at one, and that's Exodus 34, 5-7. So the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there, and proclaimed the name of the Lord. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping Steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clearly guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers 
on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. So there's, there's two things I want us to look at here. Um, the first is that we see he is gracious and slow to anger. Um, so he's gracious and slow to anger. And then second is that he will by no means clear the guilty, which means at some level he, he ought to be feared. Um, we're all guilty. Uh, but even if you're thinking about these two things, it's somewhat confusing. So he will by no means clear the guilty and he's also gracious. And so God revealed, was revealing who he was and at some level there was, he was a mystery. So that's another point. He's, a, he's mysterious. Um, and as I was even reading our theme verse this summer, it just um, came to me that there's a very very similar, similar language in the first part of our theme verse, which we'll, we'll get into the theme verse in a little bit, but this is the first part. Feast, first Peter 1, 16 and 17. It says, Since it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. And if you call on him as Father, who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile. So first is that God is holy. Um, holy means that he's set apart. He is other than us. Um, he is unlike us. And then we see that mystery show up again. So he is our father. So similarly, um, I, I think a father communicates compassion, tenderness. Um, the Exodus passage says that he was slow to anger um, and gracious. But then we also see that he is our judge. It says that um, he is our judge who is impartial to each one's deeds. And so judge communicates a law um, and being perhaps held accountable to what we do. And so this is similar to God's being, God being gracious to anger and the, the one who will by no means clear the guilty. So again, you see this tension, this mystery. Um, and so I have a, a quote from C.S. Lewis. Um, raise your hand if you've ever read uh, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Decent amount of you. Okay, awesome. Well, some of you will be familiar with this quote. So, Aslan is a lion, the lion, the great lion. Oh, said Susan, I thought he was a man. Is he quite safe? I shall feel rather nervous, nervous about meeting a lion. Safe, said Mr. Beaver. Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he's good. He's the king, I tell you. And so I, I think you see the same tension there. One, he is, um, Aslan is a God figure, and he is both unsafe and he's good. And so God is judge and our father. He is slow to anger and gracious, and yet he will by no means clear the guilty. Um, and so I'm just curious, how do you guys view God? Do you guys view God one, more, one way more than the other? So maybe if it's a father, um, do you primarily view him as a compassionate father? Where you may think that you can still live your life the same way. It doesn't really matter what you do. He's not really my judge. Um, I remember my first project. So Ariana, I was a lot different than Ariana in high school. And she, she grew up in a Christian home. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. But I just remember my first week being here, I thought to myself, if, if everyone in this room know the things that I just in the past week, like what would they really think of me? Um, like, my lifestyle was more of a licentious lifestyle. I was pursuing the things that made me happy. Um, I didn't really think about God, and I definitely wasn't thinking about Him as a judge. Um, so do you, I wonder if you feel similar to that. Or maybe you view Him primarily as judge or um, just Lord. So this is where you view Him as judge, then you may think that what you do is all that matters. Where you're looking to yourself, maybe trusting in your own works. I think maybe some of you are tired. Um, Ariana mentioned that she felt this burden. Um, you are tireless, tirelessly working, 
trying to make sure you're doing enough. Um, have I gone to church this week? Have I gone to Vespers? Um, have I read my Bible enough? I'm always feeling the need to do more to please you or judge. And so that kind of creates a tension who God is. So, but I want to look at a passage in John. John 1.19. This is when Jesus shows up. It says this. No one has ever seen God, so this mysterious God, the only God, which I think is Jesus, who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. So one of the best ways to know who God is, to learn about who this holy God is, is by Jesus. He makes him known. So before we look at who Jesus is, I want to talk about who Jesus isn't. The first one is Jesus is like God. I think it would be wrong for me just to say that Jesus is just a representation of God, or that he's just a good picture of, who, of God. But later on I'll show you that he's much, much more than that. Another one would be, Jesus is the means to God. Even though this is true, I don't think that's sufficient. We'll get into that later too. The other one is, Jesus is a way to God. Uh, I remember having a conversation with Ariana's brother a couple years back, and he would say, yep, Jesus is cool. But then when I talked to him about how I think Jesus is the only way to heaven, he, he, just, he, was, he started getting angry. Um, he's like, no, there's other good people up there. There's other ways to get to heaven. Like, he just wouldn't, wouldn't have it. But the truth is that there is no other. There is no one like him. We saw that he is holy. Holy means set apart. So, I, part of what I, what I said, I want your guys' view of God to grow. I want you to see him as more incredible, which I have a clip from The Incredibles that I want you guys to watch. So, raise your hand if you have you, if you seen the first Incredibles. Most people? Great. Awesome. But what are you waiting for? Awesome. So I, the reason why I wanted to show that clip is because we're like that little boy. Like we want to be awed by things. We we naturally want to look at things that are greater than us. We're, we're attracted to that. We want to we want to look at things that are incredible. Um, I think we all have a deep, deep desire to do this. This is why I love to watch basketball. I want to see how great Steph Curry is, even though I don't want them to win. But I also want to see how great Boston's defense is. I love to rank NBA players um, and to hear just based on their greatness. Like, I think we're all attracted to greatness. I remember when I was driving up north, um, when I thought I saw the ocean, and there's no ocean in Minnesota. And I remember driving north, and all of a sudden, I saw this body of water, and I'm like, oh my goodness, this is massive. This must be the ocean. And it turned out it was just Lake Mlaas. Um, it's a pretty big lake. If you're, so if you're not from Minnesota, it's like one of the biggest lakes in Minnesota. It's quite large. But that was just a small picture. Virus, I still remember to this day if it's, how grand it was. And yet, Malax is just a drop compared to the ocean. The ocean is much, much bigger than that. And so I, I think that Jesus is the most incredible person ever. And so that's what I want to look at right now. Um, let's look at who he is. And I want to look at our theme verses for the summer, which is 1 Peter 17 through 19. And if you call on him as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear through the time of your exile knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, 
not with the perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. So this is where our theme comes from, from our exiles. Um, but the first thing I want you to see is that Jesus is the ultimate exile. So Jesus is the ultimate exile. His Father sent him from heaven to earth to ransom you, to ransom us. He, he, was, he had a heavenly throne, and he left it. Philippians 2, 5, and 8. I'm just going to read this. This is actually my favorite passage in the Bible. I always have to bring this up in the talk if I can. Uh, but I think it fits the law here. It says this. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. So, this is who he is. Who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God, a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, um, even death on a cross. And so, Jesus is full of humility. He had equality with God, but he did not count equality with God. And this is, this is where Christ is so different than us. Um, we are the opposite. We are, we are not God who want to be God. I don't have equality with God, but I'm trying to grasp it. But what Christ did was, was he had equality, equality with God, but he emptied himself and became nothing. Um, and so if you ever played a board game with me, um, which a lot of you have, you'll know when I'm getting unlucky because I'll talk about it. I, I complain a lot. It's, it's not great. I hope the Lord continues to sanctify me. But what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to tell you um, why I should be up here and not here. Um, but Jesus was not like that. He didn't do that. He willingly entered exile. Um, he emptied himself. This is what humility is. So that's the first point. Jesus is the ultimate exile. The second one is Jesus makes the mystery known. So he solves the mystery. Jesus solves the mystery. So we talked about that tension, that God is both our Father and our Judge. So Judge, we saw that he is impartial to each one's deeds. And in Exodus, that he will by no means clear the guilty. And then as Father, he is tender, and he shows compassion. And how he, and in Exodus, how we saw he is gracious and slow to anger. Um, a few years back, Jim Cofield, who was a counselor, counselor um, from Reformed Theological Seminary in Florida, once told our staff team that children deep down want to know two questions from their parents. The first one is, what are my consequences for doing what I did? And then the second one is, do you still love me? And I think it's the same tension, the same mystery. And are, are we not just like children? Like, are we not just asking those same two questions? And I think that, that not I think, I know the answer to those is yes, he does still love you. Even though you are guilty of your deeds, like that they must be punished, um, and yet the Father deeply loves you. But, but why is that? Um, we don't deserve this. And it all comes down because you were bought with his precious blood. It's because of his, because of his precious blood. Um, silver or gold could not purchase you. You being a good enough Christian is not enough. Your good works is not enough. But it's by his precious blood. He takes your guilt for you. He is the one who was punished for your deeds. You were guilty, but Christ said, I will take it. Jesus solves the mystery, uh, this mystery by showing us that he is both our righteous judge and our compassionate father. So Jesus is the only way to God. We talked about 
is Jesus a way? No, he is the only way to God. Um, it's because of his flesh and blood is only sufficient. One thing that we do before our kids go to bed every night, we ask Edwin a series of questions. Most nights. Now, Ariana does a lot better job at this than I do. Um, but we ask him, do mama and dada love you when you are good? And he says, yes. And then we ask him, do mama and dada still love you when you are bad? And he says, yes. And then we say, who loves you way more than mom and dad? And he says, Jesus. And I think this is the gospel. Jesus' love towards you is not up and down based on how good you are this week. Like, we still love Edwin when he's bad. God still loves you when you're not enough. Because it's not your works. It's the precious blood of Christ. So if you're trusting in him and have his precious blood, then he always loves you. He is keeping you. He is holding you. So that's the second thing, is that he solves this mystery. The third one is Jesus is like a lamb, without spot or blemish. So a lamb communicates, I think, gentleness. So Jesus is described as meek and gentle. But he's also um, without spot or blemish. So Jesus was perfect, and only God is perfect. So Colossians 1.15, we're not going to go there, but basically it says that Jesus is God, God is Jesus. And so I, I even think of, like, we were bought with perfection, like the precious blood of Christ, who was perfect. And so whatever whatever you um, are coming in with this summer, maybe you were like me, and you're like, oh, I have this this stuff that I've done I don't really want to tell anybody. You, maybe you have a ton of guilt or shame, and you're wondering if you're worthy. And I would say God's grace is greater than anything that you've ever done. Like, it's his precious blood. That's what we're relying on. Um, if you're trusting in him. And I think this is the most incredible thing. There's no story, there's no person that is better than this. And so Jesus is not just like God, he is God. Um, and this is what makes him great. And so I want, one of the things I just would love for us to do this summer is continuing to look to Christ. As we're reading through First Peter, just being in awe of who he is and his, how he's incredible. So my last point I want to share is that God came to give, not to take. And so I have one more clip from Lord of the Rings. Okay, first, before you show this, I would love to just see, I feel like there's been a lot left. Raise your hand if you've seen Lord of the Rings. Okay, maybe raise your hand if you've never seen Lord of the Rings. Okay, there's a decent amount. That's more than I expected because it's like, what, 17 years old now? Um, still one of the best movie theater experiences I've ever had in my life. I still remember where I saw that. But I'd love to show you this clip. Sin, how we want to 
hold on to it. And yet when God calls us to live a certain way, we think, oh, is he trying to rob us? But no, God is not trying to rob us. He's trying to help us. Um, he is give, he's not trying to take from us. He's giving to us. And so I want to read Mark 10, 45. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to um, not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So he's giving you a gift, and it's himself. He's not trying to rob you. So he's not giving you just this sweet idea of forgiveness, but he's giving you himself. You get Christ. Um, therefore, Jesus is not just a means to God. You get God himself. He is the end. He is our greatest treasure. Ariana was talking about how she was beginning to learn about Christ as her greatest treasure. And so he's not just our father and our judge, but he's also our greatest treasure. Um, and he doesn't need you. He just loves you. A few years back, Ari and I were um, going through the adoption process. We were, we were thinking about doing adoption. And as we were learning about it, um, we, had, we had learned that if a child is adopted to, to fill some kind of need for that parent, um, that will actually hurt that child and put burdens on him or her that she won't be able to carry. And God is not like that. Um, he wants to give you himself. He does not need you. Acts 17, 25 says, um, Nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. So he's, God is here to give. Um, this gives him glory when we receive him, um, and it gives you joy to the fullest. And he, he's the one who gives life. He's not taking it. He lifts burdens. Um, he doesn't lay them on you. He's not trying to rob you. He's here to help you. And so the point of the gospel isn't just that your sins are forgiven, but that you get God. You get everything that we just talked about tonight. Um, and that, I think, is far better than anything else this world has to offer. Um, and so take him and be in awe of him. So if you were to go back to the top of your page and look at those two words that you put down, do you, do you think that those two words describe who God actually is? For me, when I was working on this, I put distant and uncaring. Um, but in reality, God is not distant. But he is close, and he has a spirit in me. I have him. Like he is, he's given me himself. And then God is not uncaring, but he used his very own son's precious blood to ransom me. What else could he do for me? Like I have everything I need. And so I think my, my hopes that this summer for you guys is, is remembering that Jesus was the ultimate exile. And he wasn't just an example, like an example of being an ex exile, but he was exiled for you. Um, God is a giver, not a taker. So let me pray for us. Father, um, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that we have your word. We have a letter like First Peter um, that we can see um, how you are mighty and holy, and yet you are gracious, um, and that you have ransomed us from our futile ways. That we can, that we were ransomed with your son's own precious blood, the most valuable thing. And so, Father, I pray that we would dive deeper into that, um, that we would feel open and, and some vulnerability to share how we're actually doing. And maybe if some of, some people here are, who aren't actually trusting in that, Father, I pray that you would show them how um, the life of Jesus and who Jesus is is the most incredible thing 
in this world. Um, we need you. Um, and so in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So this next part, I would just love for you guys to take maybe, let's say, three to five minutes to work through some reflection questions I have for you. Um, so I, I have three of them. And you can do this in silence. We'll put, we'll put some music on. But the first one is, when, when you're honest with yourself, how do you view God? Is he your greatest treasure? Second one is, how do you imagine God views you? And third one is, when you think of God as a giver, how does that make you feel? So take like three to five minutes, work through those questions, and then um, Zach will come up to lead us in worship. Thank you for listening to this message from the 2022 Summer Training Project hosted by Campus Outreach Minneapolis, the college ministry of Bethlehem Baptist Church. Please feel free to share this message with others, but please don't charge, edit, or alter the content in any way without the written permission of Campus Outreach Minneapolis.